Kyle Henry, welcome to Live from the Heartland. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Glad you made it. Um, once again, Michael James watched your film cover to cover yesterday. Well, I watched some last night and some early this morning. Okay. And then I spilled coffee all over the floor, so it took a little minute out of my uh, morning, but I, I enjoyed the film. That's what you they know, call too much information. Well, in that's the, uh, what I do sometimes. I know, I know, sometimes not enough, sometimes too much. Uh-huh. But Kyle, I, uh, you know... I. Right away, what hit me with the movie was, hey, I know that place. I know that place. And it turns out, I think you're shooting out of the window next to the Heartland Cafe in some of those scenes. Oh, yeah. It's, I used to live in that Your apartment. <laughs> yeah, the top floor. Hey, when I walked into that apartment, I was like, I'm going to shoot a film here. You know? And, no kidding. And, yeah, I convinced my partner actually to move there like because of that very reason. It was what, like, this would be a great place. Can I ask about what year did you move in there? Um, I moved in there 2014. Okay, so, so we had already sold the place, but... We're, you know, obviously still connected. Um, oh, yeah. Well, whatever. I just I got to share with you, uh, there is a filmmaker from Chicago, Andy Davis, who uh, tells a story about waiting for his dad to come home from the war because he was living in that very in that building. that very building. And uh, so it must be a filmmaker kind of building. I wonder how many other films came out of that. So people. much history, too. I think it was built in 1880 wow. or something. I mean, it's a really old building. And gorgeous, gorgeous um, yeah. yeah. And it's it's you know our couple who sort of um, seems like they have it all together, living on a castle on the top of a building yeah. uh, that was a perfect location for 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 them to live. Well, Tell us a little bit about the film. Yeah. Tell us about what you got because it's great. The, the visuals are great. Because uh, it's I, our I really, neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, it's our neighborhood. It's got our lake in it. It's got our L in it. It's got various places we know. Soul it's Cafe. called Rogers Park. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. It's the only neighborhood I've lived in, and there's something really special about Rogers Park that I feel um, represents the best of Chicago, which is all the different types of people that come together, that interact, that live together, that have to communicate, and sometimes are in conflict with each other, but they're there together. It's the least feels to me like one of the least segregated neighborhoods in Chicago. Um, I wanted to tell a film about two couples going through midlife crisis, um, have a little experience with that. Uh, and me and my partner... They seem young for midlife. I'm sorry, you're a little young I for was, midlife, dude. I was reading fil- books from the 70s, and they were saying midlife crisis starts at 35. And I was like, wow, people oh, okay. died a lot <laughs> earlier then, didn't they? But I was like, okay, I'm past that. Um, but uh, and, uh, my, my partner, my life partner, and also the writing partner, Carlos Trevino, and I make films about stuff that we know about or that we want to explore because we're sort of going through it. So it's a story of two couples um, who happen to be interracial couples. Uh, Brother and sister. Yep, and two of them are um, are related because the two uh, white characters are brother and sister um, are in the thick of it. And I think there's a lot of transition. I call it the second coming of age. Um, there's not a lot of movies about that. And that reflects my experience, and that often motivates motivates me for to wanting to make a film. I find myself tripping over the um, the how we frame this. Yes, they're interracial couples, but is that really what you're talking about with well, these couples? Well, I'll tell you, this had a very special way of being made, which was we wanted to do a film about midlife crisis. We knew there were two couples, but Carlos and I wanted to use a method where we had race and gender blind casting. Good. And that we That's didn't, and we thought. didn't have a script, and so we we 
we went Yay! to we, uh, yeah thank Yay! you we went to a great casting agency here in town PR casting um, Pascal Rudnick and I said I want to see great Chicago actors that represent Rogers Park that represent the diversity of Rogers Park I don't know if this will be a gay straight couple I don't know like what the dynamics were and the four actors that we cast who sort of workshop ideas that Carlos would eventually write the script from um these were four people that I just loved playing with. That yeah, they were they, neat. They told great stories. Um, they were open and willing to this, you know, weirdo process that we wanted to use to make the film. Oh, you have weirdo process? Oh yeah, uh-huh. I would call it weird. It's trademarked, you know, by Michael. <laughs> we did weirdo process. Many That's how they ran the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going back to the seventies, weirdo process. <laughs> exactly. um, and. Yeah, they were just, they were in it. And so it ter- just happened to be two interracial couples. And then from there, I really trusted the actors to tell me um, through their own research of creating these characters and their own life experience um, uh, things that I needed to put in the film or be made known. It was interesting over the course of making the film that things were going on in Chicago that I felt should be put in the film, at least in the 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 background. background About police and yeah, yeah, about what was going on. That's excellent because I think those are stressors and those are pressures that people of color, you know, are going through all the time living in the city. And it would be disingenuous to not say that's there, you know, as part of the dynamics of these relationships. This is so exciting because, you know, for those of us who have lived in Rogers Park forever, um, you know, a lot of us who are uh, film cinema files have thought it's it's a perfect place to make to base a film between the visual beauty and uh, the wildness of the lake, et cetera, Mm. as well as the the iconoclastic gathering of folks. And um, God, I love hearing my neighborhood described as the least segregated well, in Chicago. People are going to dig it when they see it. People who know the neighborhood. I yeah. mean, it, it's, um, you know, you got pictures of the murals that are up on Ashland and uh, you got on pictures Glenwood. of West Glen, no, Greenview. On Greenview, the murals up uh, toward the alderman's office. Those are in there. Oh, okay. There. Yeah, yeah. Of right, that's there's right. Of, there's Loyola. Uh, I mean, it seemed very close to home. Somebody's Why having an affair with the Loyola professor. Yeah, and she happens to be working for the Alderman. So, you know, there's we've got some soap opera drama Sweet. going on there right in Rogers Park. Sweet. I, I hear the I'm Alderman sure some, lets you shoot in his office. He did. It was His staff was incredibly, and He's he were incredibly staff. gracious. They're wonderful. And, and, and um, we took it over, and uh, yeah, you know, we have some salacious stuff going on with supposedly, you know, a character working there. They were fine with that. You know, they didn't ask us to censor anything about the script. I'm going to ask uh, another. Yeah. I'm, going to, I'm going to ask one question of you that I asked of our previous guest. Uh-huh. I'm really happy to see um, young millennial men of creative means and inclinations um, deciding oh, to not, make I, chick flicks. Oh, I'm not millennial. You're so sweet. I'm like Gen X. I'm like. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> You guys, <laughs> okay. You guys have to wear tags or something. I, I can't tell without a scorecard. But anyway, what the point being? You guys are making chick flicks. What used to be relegated to this is what women watch. Stories about relationships. Oh, I'll go on a date with you. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll watch it. But I mean, men loved watching it. Was my experience. And by the way, men were making those films. Okay. <laughs> It, yes, my favorite filmmakers, you know, are from the seventies. Are people like Paul Mazursky, who there made an go. unmarried woman, yeah. or um, yeah. you know, Bob Carroll, Ted Nallis, or uh, Strange Flick. 
uh, Strange Trek, love it. Um, or, or, you know, somebody like John Cassavetes, who, oh. you know, a woman under an influence. Yeah. The woman under a woman under the influence is one of my favorite films. That just it. Sh- These were films made about people that felt like people that I would know, yeah. and um, I cast people who look who are amazing actors, but who look like us and I must say they're not like consumable products which I feel that's what Hollywood does they make people that stories with people that look like candy you know and but they don't look they don't look like that. us and I um I, people that look like candy and I think we're kind of going back into that zone I, I you know with shows like this is us and other things yes. that are on TV now I mean like oh yes I'm seeing people I would see on the street now who are the star and not just you know the best friend supporting character. When I think of All in the Family, I think that's what they pulled off so well there, was having a normal family with all of its challenges and multi-generational differences and whatnot. Because we're in this thread, Nora Ephraim, to my mind, always brought a humor to this kind of stuff. Are people going to see that in Rogers Park? Oh, yeah. I mean... No, it's good. Uh, there are some really funny stuff. I mean, the funniest stuff often is the most painful stuff, right? You know, it's the hmm. our blind spots, our foibles, and we love to see it play out, you know, um, emotionally like Buster Keaton falling down over and over again. Um, we love to see, I think, that to know that life is just this broad spectrum of things. You can have terrible things happening um, and be totally cracking up at a funeral, you know? So um, I like to have that broad range in my film. So I think you're going to laugh, too. So uh, Rogers Park is showing at the Cisco Center on February 23rd, 24th, 26th, and 28th. And it actually was previewed earlier this year, if I recall correctly. Sure. And I want to say that it's also playing in Rogers Park at the New 400 Great. on March 1st. And um, Chicago Filmmakers also on... March 6th and the Beverly Arts Center on March 8th down the south side. So we got lots of opportunities That's for you to great. see around Chicagoland. Good for you. Carl Henry, I'd like to know where you come from, how uh, you got to where you are. Uh, born in Medina, Ohio. Um, shockingly lived most of my life in Texas. Never thought I was going to leave Texas. Lived in Austin for 10 years. Um, and then Northwestern University brought me up here to be a professor. Wow. You are much older than you look. Is this your first film? Lots of moisturizer. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No. Um, I've had two films, uh, two other features before. They both played at Sundance and Cannes Directors Fortnite. So I've been around the block. But uh, but I'm glad this is about my new hometown. Well, as a a union member and a SAG guy, I was glad to know that it's a SAG film. Oh, yeah. The last one, the the Mercury and Retrograde film we talked about earlier was also a SAG film. That's where the best actors are, and you you kind of get what you pay for, as they say. What are your future plans? Uh, My future plans is we have a couple of other films that I'm working on. One's about elder care, same same, uh, deal, working with four Chicago actors, um, about a African American woman from the South Side working for a family on the North Side, sort of told through the perspective of that African American elder care worker. And I think it's a huge crisis sort of coming up in this country yes, about um, you know elder care. And I think it's also a place where a lot of issues of race and class intersect, like right there in the home. That um, phenomenal idea. So there's that, and then my partner and I are also working on a script about. Um, 
uh, a Mexican couple and an American couple who have uh, a very intimate uh, encounter on an island. So a little culture clash in the age of, of Trump. <laughs> Okay, Kyle, you've got us. Uh, you've got us interested and in, uh, wondering about that last one, especially. Uh, really, what a treat to uh, have you performing uh, your art around our community, and we're looking forward to a lot of people seeing this this week and beyond at the Siskel uh, Center, and also come on out to the Four Hundred Theater on March first, right? Thank you so much for having me on. This has Thank been you, a Kyle. real treat. Our total pleasure, Glad to man. have you here. We're going to just shoot a couple more pieces of information your way that we couldn't do before our previous filmmaker. Um, one is the Local School Council Candidate Summit, which is happening today, 9.30 to 2 p.m. at the National Teachers Academy, 55 West Cermak. Um, we're just letting you know about that because it is the only way we know to maintain community control and uh, input on what's going on in our schools. So check it out, Local School Council Candidate Summit. And also just to let you know that there is, in fact, a candidate running for Water Reclamation District on a write-in campaign. This is important. Uh, One of our uh, Water Reclamation District folks passed away without enough time for any candidate to go out and get signatures. Cam Davis, who is... Uh, a professional. Um, he was the former uh, Obama Great Lakes Point person. He is running for Metropolitan Water Reclamation District, a place that soon is becoming a bevy of inter- environmental uh, forward thinking and good activity. So this is an interesting race. Cam Davis. You want to uh, learn how Davis. to uh, learn how to uh, correctly mark your ballot. We'll do more of uh, talking about that in the days remaining. Let's have a little bit of Cajun music to get us in the mood for this benefit tomorrow before we talk with our next guest for some soul funk music as well. We're going to keep you entertained. Joli pensée, gardant de quoi tu m'as fait, ça ça me fait du mal, un jour d'amnémia, près du bois de bois, ton bâti fait tout ça, oh joli pensée, 